This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side of the mic. Evan, a lot of news coming out. College football is coming up and numbers came out. And I was kind of shocked when I saw the over-unders for Michigan, Michigan State. Ooh, I don't even know these. I'm excited. Okay, let's start off there first. Numbers for Michigan what do you think? I'm going to guess seven and a half. Eight. Okay. I wasn't far off, and I would, not take, far I would take off. the under. You were not far off. Number four, Michigan State. Six. Four. Wow. Well, four and a half. So, yeah. Um, here's the thing, and we did the segment on the show, gun to your head, or as Mike put it, uh, shotgun to the balls. <laughs> you know, which one are you taking? And I'm like, I think the guaranteed one is – I'm taking the under for Michigan. Now, I think State will go over, and I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second, but I, I look at that Michigan schedule, and the thing that thing that shocks me, well, it doesn't, because when it comes to Vegas and it comes to Michigan, they know Michigan fans will buy up their stuff. Oh, absolutely. That's how Vegas gets rich. Yeah. I, I, I've told a lot this, of spreads are made. Let's I've told be honest. This, I told the story before. The pit boss said, hey, you know, my three kids went through college because of Michigan, Notre Dame, and USC. Their fans come out here. Their fans go crazy. We don't care, but they buy up a ton of stuff. I, I look at that schedule. I look at their defense. They may be able to put up some points. They may be able to score. I don't think they stop anybody. And I think you'll see a lot more games looking like last year's Wisconsin game where they just kind of threw their hands up. They, they, they had no answer for Wisconsin. Wisconsin did what they wanted. They ran the same five plays, and Michigan couldn't stop any of them. Yeah, this is the first year and I don't remember how many years that they're not getting the national pub. I think Athlon came out and they were ranked, what, 32? And usually you don't see it with a Jim Harbaugh-led team. They're always in the top 25. And and I don't know if that's based off of last year being a COVID year, winning, what did they win, three games, and, and going off of that. But, I mean, Michigan has not let anybody on the inside so far. No. So you don't have anything to go off of but what you saw last year, and they didn't necessarily bring in any game changers. Well, that was just it, the fact that you haven't really brought in any people. I saw and they got one big defensive lineman this week. They got the defensive lineman, the grad transfer. But you still need three more of them. From, and and I, I think he was either hurt or sat out last He's year. He's a big boy. He's like 360 is, pounds. He, so that's hard to, uh, he to is, stay healthy when you're that weight. He is a big boy, so it, it's one of those that – when I look at that defense, you know, you got Daxton Hill. And then after that, it's a question Daxton mark. Hill. Yeah. And it's, and does he play corner? Hill. Does he play safety? What is his best position? He's got to play help? everything. Yeah. He has to play everything because if not, 
and they're screwed. I mean, yeah, you got Hutchinson coming back on the line, but he's coming back from an injury, and if he's that good, I just shift away from him, and I run to the other side. The thing for Michigan, they're going to need a lot of impact players real fast. Well, and I'm, By impact players, I mean they're going to need true freshmen to step in immediately and, and get this thing going because if not, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Well, and it's interesting that you said impact players and those being the freshmen because when Jim Harbaugh has been at Michigan, the players that are ready for the NFL usually have a subpar year that year before going into the league. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's players knowing that they're going to get drafted or whatever it might be. And I wonder if you see that with you know, Daxton Hill, because I'm pretty sure he would go pro after this year if he has a pretty good year. I'm thinking, yeah, he's probably going to go pro. Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, you, I was shocked he came back. I so was, was I. But, I mean, this is a kid that bleeds the University of Michigan. Right. And so that might lead into it. And and it just makes you wonder, right? Because you can't name a player that's gone in the top few rounds for Michigan that really excelled that final year. No, you can't. And And, and when you look at this, I mean – Ironically enough, what a couple of their higher picks were guys who opted out. Yeah, and so. Quiddy Pay and and Rashawn Gary, and these are guys that just they didn't. Well, Quiddy got hurt. Yeah. Yes, they didn't excel to where they should. But I'm have talking been. about Ambry Thomas, oh, Nico yes. Collins. They just opted out. Now for Michigan, man, you got to hit a home run. And I think with the quarterback, there's three different doors. There's the we got to win this year door, there is the safe door, and there's the risk-it-all door. Can I name the quarterbacks that belong in these doors? Okay. Um, win it now, I think, is the Texas Tech kid. Yeah, Alan Bowman. Play it safe, I think, is Cade McNamara. That is the safe pick. And go for it all is starting the freshman. Yeah, uh, J.J. McCarthy. And I think door number three is their best option in all reality. Honestly, I know Harbs is going to be trying for his job, but that's not what you – Here's not, the thing. shouldn't be coaching for that. Yeah, but – you. you but let's be real, you are. You took a pay cut. You're getting half your money. You can't recuperate your entire salary last year, even if you win the national championship. No, but he's got money. No, no, so- but here's the thing. It's it's the image. You can't go down flaming. If you play the true freshman, this is going to be a bad year. Michigan can't have bad years. I, 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 I pointed out, look at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a team that's made the college football playoffs. Yeah. They made the switch to Spencer Rattler. They weren't the same Oklahoma team that first year. They were a 500 team. Spencer looked like a true freshman. He made mistakes. He did a lot of bad things. He did good things. He did a lot of bad things. If you go with a true freshman, it's rare that you find Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, or Chad Henney. It's it's not happening. But Chad Henney was surrounded by pros. He, and he was. And also, he didn't have to think about it before going right. in. You know what I mean? You got, got Braylon. You got Mike Hart. You got a lot of people. Yep. Just see these guys. Get him the ball. Well, and Spencer Rattler is an interesting case, too, because this isn't a kid, I mean, that was under profile. He was as high profile as you can get. Top, so, top QB in the yeah, nation. Yeah, and he was on the, the QB1 show for Netflix, and they followed him around. So he knew pressure going in. Hey, and do you know whose records that he broke um, in high school? Oh, is At it Brian Pinn- Lewerke? Pinnacle High School, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, but he knew what was coming and still struggled, is my point. So if you have all these eyes on you, it's a 
big task, it right? Is. I, I, that's why I think Alan Bowman is going to be the guy, I think, who gets the job. I, th- I believe that, too. Texas Tech guy, he's thrown for over 5,000 yards, 17 touchdowns in his college career. Now he's iffy, throws picks, gets hurt. Sure. But I think but he's had games where he's thrown for 600 yards. But see, here's the thing. Harbaugh has shown me when push comes to shove, he always goes with the transfer. He goes with the pick, the guy who could win me right now. Yeah. There is no long-term investment when it comes to Jim and his quarterbacks. Look at history, folks. This isn't me picking on him. Every time he's had a chance to, to go the the route where I'm going to play the freshman and build on it, he never does. His chance was with McCaffrey and, and Milton Peters. to let him roll right away. Peters. Yeah, with Spate and everything. You, you mean to tell me Brandon Peters on this Michigan team I, I'm a lot more confident. Now, he's stuck out in purgatory with Illinois. Yeah. But you put Brandon He's Pe- playing. You put Brandon Peters with the Michigan team. That was the one I thought he they really dropped the ball. I didn't think they gave him a fair shot. They either. didn't give him a shot. He got a game. Okay, we're done here. Uh, next QB rolled in, transfer QB, and, and he was out of a job. So yeah. you, you're going to need that, or you're going to need Donovan Edwards to become – Almost Herschel Walker like. Or I, I was reading today, um, Brandon Brown, a former guest on the Five Star Zone, talking about Blake Corum and how he could do everything for Michigan. But it's a matter of to do everything at Michigan, you got to carry the ball twenty some odd times. Right, but to do everything at Michigan, you can't carry the ball because you just brought in Donovan Edwards, and, and that's where the problem lies. Right, and Haskin, Haskins, who is the best running back by far. In I that room. don't understand. Hassan Haskins will go up there. In in the on the Mount Rushmore of I don't understand what you're doing with him with Brandon Peters with Nico Collins yeah guys like okay you, you do realize you had something here and you're just kind of pissing it all the way mm-hmm. okay not gonna stop you but fine go ahead but yeah they're sitting there a I look at that what was it like forty nine to eleven the, the Wisconsin game at home they got to go to Madison. Yeah, it, and it looks like every stadium is going to be a packed house this your, fall, too. Your defense, like I said, you're you're putting in a brand-new defense. And what is Well, it's multiple defense. Well, yeah, no bleep. Every defense is yeah, multiple defense. Yeah, if you can't it, it, change what you're doing. From what I'm hearing, it's going to be a 3-4. A it can't. You don't have the personnel to go 3-4. You don't have the linebackers for it. If you go right, you got all Unless those. Unless you have two Devin Bushes. You and got all those Vipers, do. and you got nothing. You got Daxon Hill, and I feel sorry for that kid. Uh, so, no, I would definitely go under. Now, as far as MSU and the four games, here's the thing. I, I would go over because they're bringing in a lot of transfers. Now, here's the problem with bringing in transfers. You don't know what you're getting. Are you getting somebody's person who just was buried on the depth chart but is really good or are you getting disgruntled guy? Are you getting problem guy? And pouting guy. Pouting guy. Was there a reason why this guy left the program? And here's the other thing that a lot of people aren't talking about. Oh, it's great. Michigan State brought in 15 transfers. It's going to be all good, right? Wrong. How do you mesh with the players who are already there? And that's a big question. Because it could end up being us versus them. Oh, you? they think they're better than us. You guys brought them in because – you don't like us, and it, it it could go almost 2016 when the team was just flat-out divided. Oh, a- absolutely, and, and it makes you wonder because, you know, somebody like Connor Hayward, I think, is a prime example who's been there for uh, Ever. His, his, his fifth year now. Yeah, I, I remember when he used to uh, back up T.J. Duckett. Right, yeah. 
<laughs> and but imagine him who was their starting running back last year and previous years, but now he's got competition coming in from the outside that are most likely going to take his job. That are better than him. Let's go ahead and say it. But he's got friends on the team that he right. talks to and, and and his click and there's clicks. They're flat out are. Right. Think about the quarterbacks coming in. You know what I mean? In in wide receiver, you got Kirkpatrick coming in who's probably going to start right away. But how does that leave somebody like a Ricky White or Trey or other young receivers and how do they react? But I think their coach and Mel Tucker is bringing in players that he knows that can make that change. Right. See, but not when it, But there's going to be one or two guaranteed that leave. Naylor is is starting. Yeah. And you're probably looking at uh, Reed is starting. Uh, Fitzpatrick and all those other guys, that's depth. Okay. That's looking at the depth and saying, "Okay, First game, those two guys go down. What do I got? Am I able to bring some of these guys up? And the answer was no, which is why you got rid of a lot of guys and bringing sure. these guys in. A lot of the transfers, I, I think you're probably looking at uh, the running backs will play. I think two of the, the two corners will play, the kid from Alabama and the kid from Florida. Linebackers. I think they're going to play. Linebacker, yeah, you're, the kid from Tennessee. and uh, uh, Tank? And Tank, I think, is going to get mixed in there. Okay. But um, geez, what's the uh, the kid from Tennessee? I'm drawing a blank. On um, but, yeah, uh, I am too, and we've only talked a whole right episode. <laughs> but you know, I, I look at um, I'm trying to think who else will probably come in and start right away. Well, oh, the old lineman. And, the old lineman is going to start. The right kid away. from Duke, the D end. He's probably going to start right away. Drew Jordan. Yes. But you you hope in an ideal world, Caveras Crouch. There it is. Yeah. That every player embraces a challenge, right? right. In, in an ideal, I don't care if you're Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, Michigan State. If you have 90 kids out there that are willing to embrace challenge, and even if so-and-so starts over them, that that makes them work harder, that's what you want. And right. you hope that you have it's 80% it, of the kids that believe that. Evan, it's just how quickly do these guys mesh together? Because here's the thing. Now, here's the plus side about getting transfers. You saw it with Rutgers last year. When you get a transfer in and it works, you skip a step. Yeah. You you don't go from true freshman you're bringing in, developing that guy. This guy's ready. It's good to go. It's it, it it's it's almost like a cheat code. Or even true sophomores at this point in time. They right. didn't play real college football last year. Right. So you got, you got guys who, you know, played competitive football in Power 5 conference ready to come in there. Like I said, Corveris Crouch coming in there. Uh, Harold Joyner from Auburn. He didn't play that much, but then you also got uh, Walker, the running back from uh, Wake, Wake Forest. Forest. He, he was their guy. He like they, they, They're missing him not being there. They were like, what the heck? What do you mean you're leaving? Right. He played in the bowl I, game. I mean, imagine, like – Years ago, if Le'Veon Bell just up and said, "Yeah, I'm transferring from Michigan State," like, huh? What? Like, Where it you going? Was that bad? Yeah. So, when you got guys who are already ready to play, it is a little bit of a cheat code. You could just kind of plug and play. You don't have to teach them as much. If it hits, you can take yourself. I I look at this team and I would go over. I look at them as right now. I'm comfortable saying six wins. Well, I'm thinking that there's enough veterans and transfers that don't want to go out that will will them to five games. I mean, they won two last year when they shouldn't have won any, right? right? Let's be honest. They shouldn't have won a game last year. Last year was god-awful. And and so if they can get – because they're not bringing in kids. They're bringing in grown men that get the business already. 
And they're not coming from smaller programs. Right. They're coming from big business football. It's just Mel Tucker has to get control of that locker room. And it's, you know what? He's running the D1 version of Last Chance U. Regardless, yeah. I mean, maybe these aren't troubled kids, but these are these kids' last chances. Right. When you transfer, that's usually it. The 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 Tate Martells of the world, that, that <laughs> doesn't work out most of the time. No, you're right. So you're looking at that. So we have Michigan sitting there at, like, I think eight. Michigan State sitting there at four wins. As of now, I'm, I'm looking at Michigan under, Michigan State over. Um, you know, Northwestern is going to say a lot. It really is. Northwestern I mean, and, and Michigan's second game against Washington is going to say a lot for what, that team. What are you more worried about, Michigan State's offense or defense? Because to me, I think seeing the offense go against Northwestern's defense is what I need to see. Um, I'm more concerned about the defense, really. Okay. Because the corner situation wasn't the greatest, and you're starting over. A lot of those players on defense, you're going to be seeing for the first time doing stuff. So that's probably where I'm looking at. You're starting two new corners. Let's face it, because that's what's going to happen. I think Gervin is probably going to be the only corner that stays. And he only played sparingly. He got better as yes, the year he went did. on. But, I mean, coming out of Cast Tech, he was a huge recruit. Four-star kid. Everybody thought he was going to be so much better than he was. Now, he's got he's starting to get better, but now you're bringing SEC corners with SEC speed. So be it. Competition. <clears throat> so it's good. We'll, it's we'll, good. Yeah, it is good. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, when, when I look at this, I'm thinking, yeah, Probably the defense, because if you play good defense, you can play an okay offense and you can still win games. If sure. you can't play a good defense. And the only reason I ask that is we lived through that, right, where you had an offense that was good enough. Don't you want to see them score 30 a game? Like almost like you do. But I, I look at this year. What was the best offensive team that we saw throughout Mark D'Antonio? It was Connor Cook. It was the year they— Was it the playoff year? Because I, I even rem- I think it was yeah. the year before that almost. I think you may—I think it—well, I think it was just during that era. Those three years, they put up a ton of points. Yes, and they didn't have problems scoring, even with Cousins near the end. Yeah. Well, no, the next two years, 14 and 15 is when they put up the points. Yes. 14 and 15, when they just missed—when they lost that game to Ohio State, when it was, I think, J.T.— Barrett's first game. Yeah, I just want to see an offense where you're confident if they get down 10 points that they can still make it a ball Here's game. what you're going to see this year. You're going to see a lot of ground and pound. Which is It's fine. going to be boring. It's not, they're, going to, they're not going to go five wide. Yeah, they got a ton of receivers. Um, the tight end from Texas, Allen, uh, the freshman, he's, it sounds like he may end up being the starting tight end. Yeah, I keep he reading came, about him. He huh? came in and impre- he, he enrolled early and he impressed. But I think you're going to see them use all the running backs that they have and just grind you down and then play action off of that. Which you, maybe a lot of Wisconsin football. And, and a that's lot of fine. Iowa football. It, if you can make it work, that's totally fine. Because, I mean, even with Jeremy Langford, that's how they created their offense. Yeah. You know, that Rose Bowl team. It yeah. was pound the rock, and then guess what? When they break, yeah. we're going to kill them. So I think that's what you're looking at is, is a lot of, of, you know, typical Wisconsin-Iowa-type football or vintage Michigan State football. Right, where I used to tell my buddies a punt to Mark D'Antonio was as good as a touchdown. Like, yeah. We didn't turn it over, and we yeah. flipped the field, and our defense is back out. So, I don't know if you'll hit the 30-point 
type of thing. Not this year, but I want to yes. see the progress to that maybe. But uh, cuz yeah. that's where college football is, you have to score a lot, right? Yeah. You got to be not well, really in the Big 10 though. You have to be if you want to win a title, you got to be able to score. Sure. Because in certain games, when you go up against Ohio State, you got to match them point for point. Penn State at their place. Penn for State, sure you Indiana have to. is now a team. You got to match them point for point. Well, yeah, because Penix came back. Right, right? he and came so, back. So, yeah. I mean, when you look at that uh, Indiana Ohio State game, you know, Indiana plays anybody else that day, they win the game. Absolutely, they played Ohio. State. They scored enough points to beat the other twelve teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, they just played up against thirteen, who was better than them that day. God, I'm so excited. So, so when do we get to see it again? See like, what? Just practice footage. When does that start? Oh, I think, uh, well, Big Ten Media Days are open to the media. Okay. So you'll be able to, to go and maybe somebody even ask Jim Harbaugh about the whole bow statue thing. But hmm. it's uh, Big Ten Media Days, I think it's in July. Okay. I think it's like mid-July. So it's the end of July into August, almost it coincides and then, with the NFL. And, and practices will start. Normally, practices start August 1st. Because it's real practice to me when they throw the decals on the helmets. Right. When so, you take that, that front masking tape off, so that's yeah. that's when it's ready to so roll. August 1st is when you're going to get there. Now, you got conditioning going on. Michigan State put out a couple tweets of you know guys out there running. So, they're going through conditioning. Um, everybody, like all the transfers are now in. So, you know, everybody was wondering because uh, Tank Brown – Hadn't been there, but you know, they had to get some stuff shored up with his grades. Sure. And transferring, but that got shored up. So everybody's in the house. Everybody's working out. Everybody's doing their thing. Because I remember him, Harold Joyner was the guy. I, was like, I haven't heard anything. I'm like, you know, the kid, said, like he already said he was coming to Michigan State. But yeah, but he hasn't said anything well, since. Like He's still at school. What else does he need to say? He, you know, some fans just need to be titillated every day, which I hate. But. Uh, so they're all there. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Camps are now opening up. Michigan State's camp starts. Uh, they got their camp starting in the first weekend of June. Everybody does. Harbaugh's doing satellite camps again. Really? Yeah, he's going back to doing the satellite camp. So where he's going to be, you know, in some of everybody's camps, there's going to be like a sound mind, sound body camp in Ferris State this year. I don't think it goes by the same name. Okay. But – that's a big deal. Talking with Curtis, and he was like, yeah, the camp's going to be on June 3rd. A lot of major programs are going to be there. So that season is starting. All the restrictions are lifted. Kids can take official visits starting June 1st. So it starts getting real in a few days. I'm excited. I mean, I really am. I mean, just to get somewhat back to normal football. I mean, that wasn't normal football that we watched last year. It was nice. It, it, it fed our appetite a little bit. Yeah. But I'm sorry. Like, as a big wrestling fan, I can't watch wrestling you know what without it was? the fans. I need the fans. You know what it was? I It was a school. It was a high school lunch. Yeah. That's it was. It was, it's a exactly, caf, it was a cafeteria lunch. It fed you. Some of it was okay. Like, But it wasn't, like, real dinner. Yeah. It wasn't until Trey Young started taunting the Knicks fans that I'm like, sports are back. Right. That's what I missed. That the, the interaction with the fans – and, and or, just, or Phil winning and, with oh, th- looks like thousands of people surrounding crazy, him. But that that's pressure. what I need to see. Yes, pressure. You don't have pressure when you're playing a scrimmage. No, it's what you've been doing your entire life. No, they're, but when they're you throw eighty thousand people that hate you, that's pressure. Evan, I've been saying it, and and people can say, well, there was a reason. I do think that you saw 
a lot of your college blue bloods last year struggled. In in you saw Kansas, you saw Duke, yes. you saw Michigan State, you saw Kentucky. This is a Champions Classic. These teams struggle, man. North Carolina for some they struggle. Why? Because their home court is intimidating. Their home court, most of those teams are winning at an eighty five percent. Cut. That's what I was going to say. You can guarantee them 15 wins every year right. just based on home games. Home games. I mean, you walk into the arena, you walk into Cameron. <clears throat> it's why early in the season it was like, wow, Michigan State won at Cameron Indoor Arena. And then you found out later, eh, it's not that big of a deal. No, they went to a high school gym there. and they won. Right. It was You walked into the Breslin. Put, they, no way in the world that team loses to Purdue. When they were up by 20-some points. No, there's no chance because that crowd is – I mean, just you need think about crowd. how many shots are affected at a Michigan State game with them just counting backwards the wrong time. Right. Every year. Right. Or they're just so loud that the players, you know, they, they lose track of the clock. It And it happens every year, and they know it's going to happen. Right. But that, or, you know, somebody hits a – I remember Cash is hitting a big three against Michigan, and the roof blew off the place. Yeah, in the corner and went – Insane, it and there's no coming the back from that. And at that point, yeah, it, that was game over. Yeah, there's no stop it. So you know it's not happening. You're gonna get the fans back, and and I, yeah, you're right. It's it's going to be real. And, and speaking of which, and we could probably touch upon this a little bit more on a future podcast once it's official. But speaking of which, Izzo hinted out. I saw this. Duke's at home. Villanova's at home. Kansas, they're going to play Kansas in the Champions Classic game, probably in either Chicago. No, I think this one's going to be in New York this year. They haven't set the date, but I was hoping it would be in India so I can drive there, make it an easy drive. Chicago's a little harder. New York is – I did that once. It's, it's nuts. It's a pain in the butt There's nowhere to, to park in. once you get there if No, you, you know what? I, I flew in, hopped the subway. The subway drops you right off. The guy was like, it's going to drop you off at the garden. And damn near – he's right. It drops you right outside this hot dog stand. And you just walk right into the garden. Um, I didn't know the subways didn't run 24 hours, so thank God I'm just being a tourist. <laughs> and I get on the last train. And the uh, guy's announcing, well, this is the last train. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I would have been stranded in New York. It would have been like a Home Alone movie. There's a lot of those taxi cabs rolling around. Right. I had no idea where my hotel was. Because <laughs> I wasn't in downtown. I was near the airport. You just knew your stop. Right. So I knew the stop, and I had to catch a bus and. Yeah, and like the bus driver, I could tell he was a little perturbed with me, but he knew I wasn't from there. He's like, "Yeah, this is the bus. Just, I'll, I'll tell you to stop to get off, okay?" Yeah, like, yeah, don't make me do my job. Don't make me be nice, okay? But yeah, they got uh, Kansas, and they're gonna be at the. Uh, I think they're down in the Bahamas. Yeah, I and down there is Baylor, is UConn, is Syracuse, it's always Loyola, Chicago. So there's a bunch of teams that Izzo could be playing this year. I hope they're ready. And then come January 1, I'll be like, well, you know, the schedule was so yeah, tough. Is, and I'm an idiot for always scheduling these tough games. I'm, I, a, I'm an idiot. Maybe, do it every you know, year and let's, you let's, know, it toughens maybe, up the guys. Uh, maybe we'll try to get him for a podcast. <laughs> oh, I would love that one. I, I got to call in for Tucker. I'm, I'm going to reach I, out to I could ask Tom Izzo questions for hours, all pertaining to like one single season. I'm going to reach out to Izzo, see if we can get him out. Because you know what I want to know? People complain about his play calling, how they're the same sets. But obviously, these same sets have been working for 20 years. How many different versions of these sets are there? That's a great question. Because there's one play. It's a down pick. You've seen the play plenty of times. 
and I've seen like three different variations of it, but I wonder how many he really has because I know a coach, they have seven different ways that a play could go. So Yeah, so, yeah, we can see. So All right, Evan, what you got for me? All right, you, we spoke over unders, but is there one year that you remember in particular where you nailed that over-under, where you saw Michigan State maybe had seven wins and you're like, that's a 10-win team, or maybe with Michigan too, where they were under-hyped, but they delivered? Yeah. Uh, for Michigan State, it was the Rose Bowl year. Like, I think this team could be a lot better, and I, I wasn't looking good because with the quarterback thing going on and everybody was like, I thought you said this team was going to be good. I'm like, they got the potential to be good guys. If they could just settle on a quarterback, I thought maybe it was going to be Damian Terry. Yeah. But when Connor Cook came in and, and the dust settled, they went on and started winning. And people like, like I, basically, I, just, I did the I told you so uh, victory tour. Like, I told you this <laughs> team. The other one was it was Rich Rodriguez's first year. And it was how I gained credibility with the late, great Drew Sharp because I'm like, Drew, this isn't it. This team isn't good. They're not built for what Rich Rodriguez is going to try and do. And Drew argued me down. You're looking at this thing through green and white glasses. You're, you're being a, you're a homer right now. You're not being objective. You know, I want you to be more objective if you're going to be in this business. I'm like, Drew, I'm telling you, strip this team of the maize and blue. Put them in black and white jerseys and all white helmets. Right. This is not a good team for what they're going to do. Drew argued with me that Michigan could roll out of bed and win nine games. I said, Drew, I don't think this team wins four games this year. He laughed at me. Everybody in that room laughed at me. Later that season, you know how many games Michigan won that year? Was it three? Three. (laughs) He looks at me. I gained his respect. He said, you know what? I should have listened to you. You saw this. You actually set aside your differences. And you looked at it for what it was, and everything that you told me back in August came true. And after that, he stole all my material and wrote it in the free press. Well, that and, and you know what? I probably helped him publish it because there'd be <laughs> so many times that he sat up in this press box. Now, the story at the Michigan State press box: myself, Rico, Marty Martin, and Drew Sharp right. would sit in one little area, four seats. Right. That's it. The four radio guys, right, and or three radio people, and then Drew. Right. But then sometimes, like, Drew couldn't get on the Wi-Fi or something like that, and I would help him out. It was great to sit there because, you know what, you could actually, like, normal people in that little area. Yeah. And yeah, we we weren't around all the, shh, you know, we were working. Like, eh, we're just having fun up here. Yeah, and, and not being unprofessional. Like we, right, we were like the screw-ups in the back of the class. Right, just but fun. we could dog on the Spartans for calling horrible plays right. and, and just call it as it was. Right. And it was a great time. So. But, yeah, that was the time. But, yeah, I, I remember it was Rich where I was like, this is – you don't have the quarterback. You don't have what you're trying to do, and you're trying to run this – it's kind of how I feel about the defense they're running this year. Like that three three five ain't gonna work. Well, I three three five works if you got an endomican Sue in the middle. Sure, you don't have anything like that. That means that the offense is gonna pick up four yards before you tackle anybody. That's not good. Well, it's crazy too because I feel if Rich Rod had Steve Eiserman as his boss, he actually would have worked out. If Rich Rod would have actually got, if he had more than three co- years, if he brought his coordinator in, yeah. He would have, yeah, they, they argued because they didn't want to pay the man, I think, I, I want to say $400,000. Well, what's so wild about it, too, is that they said that offense won't work in the Big Ten. What offense now works in the Big Ten? His. Oh, I've, Evan. Michigan, Ohio State runs Michigan, his offense. Michigan fans hate me 
But I'm like, deep down, guys, you know, you, you act like he was the devil. If you gave Rich Rod one more year, he's still coaching. Or he's taking an NFL job. I agree completely because he actually got better each year. It, it wasn't fast enough for you, but that year that Hulk took them to the Sugar Bowl. That was his team. All oh, Rich Rod's team. And imagine what Rich Rod could have done with Devin Gardner. Because Devin Gardner was his prototypical type quarterback. He was a true dual threat. Right. That could have just done it. Brady ruined. That. No, they tried Rich to make Rodriguez him an NFL quarterback, and that's not what he was. Rich Rodriguez, you would have had Denard Robinson, and you would have had Devin Gard. He could have moved Denard to an H-back, used them both. And, and he would have. And they ran crazy plays. He would have been Pat White and what was his running back was, all over again. Was it Pat White? Was it Devin White? or um, I, I forget. He played but, with the Texans. Slayton. Steve Slayton. Yeah, Steve Slayton. Yeah, but it, it – yep, dude. They had it, and he talked funny. So, anyway. And you know what? And he also had the best press conferences. He would sit at that table and he would answer every last question. Jeff a... Rieger would pepper him with the most outrageous, negative Michigan comments, and he would answer them. Yeah, he would give a funny answer like "What's with all the negativity and stuff like that?" But yeah, he talks funny. So, but he answered it all. He did. All right. Well, uh, everybody out there listening, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Evan and I will be back next week. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone.